Welcome to Reboot. My name is Joel Katz. We are honored today to have the president and CEO of VRM Companies, Mr. Rafael Rojo, as our distinguished guest. Reboot is an opportunity for you, our podcast listener, to share some time with us and receive a valuable and insightful perspective from leading personalities from the local community on how they plan to reboot their lives, their families, and their businesses. Rafael, welcome to Reboot. It's a pleasure to have you here, sir. Joel, it's a pleasure to hear from you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here in your podcast. I've heard several of them very insightful and uh, very informative. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Rafael. Right now on season one, episode 16, we are being heard literally all around the world. Just recently, we had some friends from New Delhi, India, who have become podcast listeners, and we welcome them to our podcast today also. Let's introduce Rafael. He has a very impressive and illustrious professional career that I'd like to share with you some of his achievements and accomplishments. Rafael graduated with a double major in economic and business from Springfield College. Rafael's career has been highlighted by significant accomplishments in the home building business as CEO and president of VRM. Rafael has led, and believe me, it is a star-studded cast at VRM in the development of master planned communities and award-winning developments, not only here in Puerto Rico, but also in the States and in the Dominican Republic. Rafael's rise to stardom as a public figure, but never serving in the public sector, but as a public figure, initiated with his rousing success as president of the local National Association of Home Builders Chapter of Puerto Rico. Rafael has led various private sector coalitions whose mission is to protect and improve the business conditions of the private sector in Puerto Rico. Rafael, how have you been handling this pandemic with your family and all of your loved ones? Uh, thank you for asking. You know, that's, that's the most important thing. Uh, family is doing well, you know, as, as pretty much everybody else. We've been here in a lockdown. Uh, this is our, what is it now? I, I, you lose track, but it's, I guess this is our seventh week in lockdown. Uh, I myself uh, was fortunate at least to have been allowed to start working for the last about two weeks, but my family's pretty much basically been in the house uh, for all these days. And, you know, I can't complain. It's just, you know, we always complain that we don't have time for anything, a lot of stuff to do. So, you know, I, it wasn't, it wasn't as tough as I thought it would be a lot of family time, a lot of quality time with the family. They're all great. They're all healthy. So we're doing good. You are right. We are blessed to be able to spend some time with the family in these difficult times. And there's no doubt that this crisis has touched many people, but here in Puerto Rico, there's no doubt that we hit the lockdown very, very early in the game. And the fatalities, we know what is too many, and we've had close to 100, but hopefully we're on the right track. And talking about the right track, 
Rafael, you are right now are spearheading one of the most important private sector initiatives, which is Estamos Listo Puerto Rico, Nos Toca a Todos. Can you share with our podcast listener this new undertaking of this private sector initiative, sir? Sure, uh, absolutely. I was uh, very lucky to, to have been asked in the early stages of, of this movement to join. This was actually an idea by the local businessman, Carlos Lopez Lai. He, he is uh, the owner of Bella International, and, and they represent uh, several uh, brands uh, of, of auto, an auto dealership here in Puerto Rico. Uh, you know, as, as it tends to happen, uh, entrepreneurs talking amongst each other and sharing concerns uh, and then one thing led to another uh you know i think carlos started that with ramon leal which is another entrepreneur here in the island who who uh leads one of the large food chains here uh they reached out they had an idea of uh coming out with kind of an inspirational video uh, that would come from several of, of the businessmen in the island, sending that message out there, uh, which is basically nos toca a todos, meaning you know it's 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 our all of our own responsibilities. Just trying to turn that switch in, in people's minds to understand, you know, lockdown cannot be forever. We need to step out of this comfort zone, and this uh, pandemic is is here to stay. Unfortunately, I hope it was not the case. But, you know, we have to deal with it. We have to protect ourselves, but we have to start getting out there. Otherwise, probably the fatalities that we're going to be seeing are going to be far larger uh, than the casualties. That, and I agree with you, Joel. One life is too many. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, life is just a matter of managing risk. And uh, our economy is, is, is also very close uh, to our health. So, uh, you know, we started going out there. We started... Uh, sending messages uh a lot of the business leaders started going uh to the press and you know a lot of people don't have the ability uh, to understand how these things impact businesses uh, you know it's not a two three four week holiday there there is some serious risks some serious concerns uh, there are going to be some very serious pressures uh worldwide that uh, this pandemic is going to cost, you know, the financial systems around the world are going to be heavily impacted. Uh, and and uh, in Puerto Rico, where we've already pretty much, as I say, burned our, our, all of our credit cards. Uh, we don't have debt that we can go out and get because uh, we are still in bankruptcy. Our relationship with the federal government at this point is not the best. So we need to get our own act. Uh, going and get our economy going and start producing and making sure that we can have a balanced budget. So all of these concerns pretty much uh, bundled into one. Uh, Nos toca a todos is basically now uh, uh, has the support of over 160 companies uh, from the private sector, but also also it's, it's a multi-sector effort. There's also uh several non-for-profit entities and and we already represent over five hundred thousand jobs in the island so incredible what what a little effort can do absolutely your movement has moved very very swiftly very rapidly and there's no doubt that with the new executive order that was issued on friday may 1st your input had a lot to do 
as well as your coalition in opening up different sectors of the economy. Can you share, Rafa, what this new executive order means and what the businessman should be working on in terms of the coordination with the Department of Labor here in Puerto Rico? I know we might have to go into a few details, so maybe you could just give an overview on that and, and help our listener. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think overall, as far as what we need to do uh, at the company level in order to get working, I'd say uh, it's as simple as, as you could expect for anything that has to do with government and given the seriousness of, of the disease. And basically, the government uh, followed the recommendations of the economic task force uh, and, and it's an auto certification, which it's basically a, a two page long uh, checkbox. And the same way as uh, some permits work, where you certify uh, that your protocol for the protection of your employees, that you are basically taking into account, you know, X, Y, and C, that is that two page list. And you sign that, you check mark uh, everything that you're complying with. And you send it to an email from the Department of Labor attaching your protocol. And once you do that, that's it. You're free to work uh, or, uh, under those protocols. Of course, as, as, as always, the government, I'm sure, will fiscalize and they should fiscalize. Make sure everybody is, uh, uh, you know, doing their part. Uh, but but it's, uh, it's, it's pretty much that simple. I actually submitted mine. I, I was working uh, on it through the weekend. I submitted it. Uh, this morning at exactly 6 a.m., I sent it over. So uh, it's it's not a huge deal. Rafa, that's great news. That's great news. So in other words, you get onto the website, you do an auto certification, a self-certification, accompany that with your business protocol, and you're ready to go. Yep. Actually, not, not the uh, website. You can download the auto certification from their website, and then you just check mark, sign it, uh, uh, scan it along with your protocol, and there is an email uh, where they will be receiving all these protocols, and just send it, and that's it. You're, you're, you're working. That's great news. I'm so happy that we're able to inform our listeners on that uh, new initiative. Can you also share with us, Rafa, I know that you've also been involved with an organization called Boristas del Patio. You've led the private sector coalition and many, many other challenges. How does this situation, moving forward, present new challenges for Puerto Rico? Like, you've been involved in so many different aspects. What, what can you share with our listener moving forward of, of what they should take into account in this new world? I'm, I'm sorry, Joel. Did you, you meant from the Bonistas del Patio perspective of, of that effort? If you wish through the Bonistas del Patio, you know, if you wish through that point of view or if you wish from the point of view of the new coalition, that you are involved with, however you feel most comfortable on sharing your perspective, sir. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, just really quickly on Bonisa Salpati, I'll just touch up so your, your listeners can, can understand what that is about. And basically, uh, very similar. Uh, many, many local uh, business families and businesses invested in Puerto Rico bonds. Everybody knows... Uh, you know, we went into bankruptcy about six years ago, and uh, you know, there, there, there was up to at some point or a particular point about 
six, seven years ago, there used to be $25 billion out of our $72 billion debt was local capital. So that means a, you know, a lot of wealth uh, from local individuals and companies was uh, put to rest in those Puerto Rico bonds. Once we kind of saw the narrative government was undertaking as far as the Puerto Rico bonds and, and basically you know, giving the impression that this was a matter of picking sides, whether you protect your, your nurses, your policemen and their pensions, or you protected uh, wealthy hedge funds uh, from Wall Street. And, and, you know, once you see that and you know such a big portion of capital from locals is, is basically a, going to be subject to that restructuring, we, we saw the need to organize a, a group to come out and, and kind of level the playing field and, and, and explain the importance of, of, uh, uh, of this restructuring and to take into consideration the local capital, which, by the way, had been taking a lot of hits in, in the past years from the devaluation of real estate, from the devaluation uh, of the financial crisis of local banks, where we lost several local banks and a lot of people had their money in, in those stocks. So, you know, he, here came another, uh, you know, just another uh chance uh, of, of depleting local capital and and we so we set out to try and defend that and we've been very active on some of the restructuring so you know that that that's basically what what bonistas del patio's role was in, in in that and it's not over yet although a lot of the debt has been restructured there's still some debt to be uh restructured which is going to be hugely important for puerto rico's future well thank you for sharing that with with our listener rafa also part of your professional career and part of your family's dna is your footprint in the home building industry here in Puerto Rico. I know that you've developed many master plan communities and you've been very successful with you and your family and, and your close group of, of fellow professionals. How do you see the home building business rebooting and moving forward? What, what is going to be the focus as you see the industry moving forward in the next few years? Sure. Well, you know, I think uh, luckily for Puerto Rico, uh, we have had been assigned an important amount of federal funds for the reconstruction uh, of a lot of homes that suffered uh, through Hurricane Maria. Uh, I think in the short term, most of the home building industry is going ha is going to have their hands full in these programs uh, through a lot of advocacy uh, on, on the behalf of the home building industry. We were, we were able to convince government to tackle the issue differently than they've done in the past. And I'll explain myself. In the past, we've had natural disasters, uh, not as strong as Maria, but we've had other strong uh, hurricanes before. And what the government would do is they would uh, get federal funds. They would... I'm, oversimplifying this a little bit, of course, but they, I, I'd like to say they would just hire an architect, hire an engineer, come up with a project, design 200, 300 home project, and a, it would be government who would be in charge of the design a, of that project through those contracts. And then basically they would put out a bid for a contractor to come in, build those 200 homes, a, you know, and then replicate that X amount of times. A, that's how they would build a housing stock up to code. 
And then what, what is troublesome is what came after that. And that is that they would then go to somebody who would live on a home that is not fit to live in because it's maybe not up to code. And they, I call him Don Juancho and they will tell Don Juancho, Juancho, you cannot live in this home. I've built this other home for, for you. You got to come and you got to live in this specific home that I've picked for you. Again, like I said, I'm oversimplifying, but in essence, that's how it worked. And, you know, uh, that made it very hard for, for government in the past to tackle a, our informal housing issue, which I know you know about. 55% of homes in Puerto Rico are informal. Uh, you would think, right, if, if the government is basically throwing a home and you come and live here, people would jump on the idea, but, but that has not been uh, what has happened in, in, in turn. People who live in these communities, although their homes are not fit, you know, that's their community. That's where he lives up down the road. That's where probably his sister lives and down the road, his cousin lives. And, and you know, you've got families that are live in these places. And then we were not making it attractive for them to want to move. So what we did this time is we said, listen, every time you build these subdivision homes, you're not taking into consideration what the market wants what is that guy that lives on that home what what would he be enticed to buy and of course you're not taking into that into consideration because these people who are designing they're probably great designers but they don't have the market understanding that developers have and by the way each home on one of these projects would typically cost them about one hundred eighty thousand dollars, whereas single family subdivisions that we would build for market, we could do social interest and sell homes at 125 to $150,000 and still make uh, okay money from that. So obviously private sector is, is much, much uh, efficient than government. Uh, so we convinced them, why don't you not build? Why don't you just come out with a voucher and you go to Juancho and you tell Juancho, listen, you've got a voucher. It's in this this turnaround, that voucher is up to $185,000. This is your top or your max. Find a home anywhere in Puerto Rico that you'd like, and we're going to pay for it. Uh, now, that home needs to be built up to code, uh, legalized, obviously. Uh, other than that, uh, he can pick either an existing home, a foreclosed property, or a home on a new uh, development, you know, you are empowering the person to go pick whatever you want, uh, and that program is is set to start probably within the next two to three months. And I really have a lot of uh, high expectations for that program to work. I think it's going to be something that is very good for Puerto Rico, something that is good, very good for resiliency and for families who have lived too long on on communities that really don't don't help them break this vicious cycle of, of staying not only on an informal home, but a lot of these people just live in, in, in an informal economy uh, and, you know, moving them into a formal, uh, into a formal home will have a lot of benefits, I think, for, for us as a society and, and, and uh, you know, and, and, and helping these families see something different and, and hopefully it, it'll be a stepping stone for them to move on to better things. That's very encouraging news. I mean, if you look at, between two to three months, 60 to 90 days, do we have an estimate? 
Rafa, on the amount of vouchers that could possibly be circulating within the the local community? Uh, yes, it, it's going to depend because you have two types of voucher. Uh, one is for those families whose homes are not uh, repairable. Uh, so maybe because either they're in a flood zone or they're in a, in a zone that's susceptible to landslides uh, and they have to move into a new home. But there are some of these families who have homes that are just not fit, but you could uh, basically uh, rebuild them at a cost be- below $60,000. And then what they would get is a voucher with up to that amount. Uh, and they have to use one of the certified contractors that Vivienda has, uh, and they could rebuild their home. So depending on how that mix goes, uh, that will depend. But, but you know, it's, it, it can go from, from uh, 10 to 20,000 homes uh, that will be able to be built or, or rebuilt uh, with these funds. So, you know, that's, that's, pretty, uh, that, that's a pretty big number, uh, and it can grow because we are expecting more federal funding to come for Hurricane Maria disasters. Plus, I know there are many other programs that are getting funding. In my opinion, I think that probably are not going to work. And government has the ability to shift. Uh, if programs are not working and are not serving their purposes, government can, 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 can change the use of those funds and to feed other programs. So I, I think we're going to see a lot more funding come into uh, these types of program and 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 be able to build a, a lot of more homes for for more people who need them. that's excellent news rafa that you've shared regarding the home building industry i know also throughout the years you've diversified your portfolio being involved in, in different ventures here on the island moving forward there's been a lot of chatter a lot of talk about the manufacturing industry about bringing big pharma back to puerto rico so we're not as over-reliant and so dependent on having plants outside of the United States. What areas of opportunity, Rafa, with your experience, do you see coming to Puerto Rico? Um, You know, being able to bring manufacturing back would really be a huge blessing. Manufacturing still, as as much as many... uh, facilities have left Puerto Rico, it is still our largest employer. Uh, and it is still, uh, those companies are the ones that uh, contribute the most to our uh, revenue, to our government. So so that is hugely important. Now, I, you know, there's a lot of mostly political uh, humps that we need to get through. And, and I'm, you know, hoping and I'm counting that the private sector will make sure that we don't let this opportunity uh, get ruined by, by, by merely political interest. I think there's, there's ways that you can preserve those political interests, which I, I understand, uh, but make sure that they don't get in the way of, of, of opportunities like this. Now, I, I've always felt Puerto Rico uh, has a huge opportunity to compete in, in the retiree markets. Uh, and it's something I've been talking and, 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 and kind of looking into much more lately. Uh, you have a lot of retirees that, uh, from the United States that move into uh, uh, Mexico, obviously for conveniences because the border is so close. Uh, but the retirees from the United States, obviously a lot of them have great pensions. So they, they, they retire with a good amount of money and, and, and they look for locations where, where they can stretch that money and locations that 
you know, they, they, they just enjoy living in. And, and, you know, a lot of people have found that in Mexico. Uh, I, I don't see a reason why Puerto Rico could not be on the forefront competing to get a lot of these people to come live. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Puerto Rico. I, 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 I obviously been here all my life. Uh, uh, but you see uh, people from the mainland come here. And, and I saw a lot of them coming here to work on our electrical grid after Maria. And you talk to these guys and, and you know, they, they just remind us, wow, you guys live in paradise. This is so great. People are so warm. Uh, you know, we have our we have our downfalls like like any place in the world but i think we have many more positives uh, and and you know i i think puerto rico could play a, a great part in, in providing uh, retirees from the us with great senior living conditions here uh, in puerto rico which would help uh, reverse our problem with uh, migration that we've had in the past uh, years which uh, highly escalated after hurricane maria So I think that's that's a good area of, of, of opportunity. Uh, the other area of opportunity that I see, you know, it's tourism. I know you you feel this as much as I. I remember your battles uh, uh, back in the days with, with tourism and then the environmental uh, movement here in the island. But, you know, for the past 15 years, we have been stuck at 15,000 hotel rooms. And that just is, is you know, really un unfortunate. I think Puerto Rico should be aiming to have at least 30,000 hotel rooms and, and, and where, where are you going to build them if it's not close to the beaches, which is our greatest and biggest amenity. Uh, so I think we need to get past that environmental hump. Uh, there's, 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 there's certainly uh, ways in which uh, development and the environment can co-live co it together. And, 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 and I'm hoping that you know, we, we see more of that. We've seen a little bit, we've seen some new hotels Uh, coming up and they're, and they're doing quite well, not in this particular season uh, with the pandemic, but I'm sure they, they will rebound. Rafael, you've shared many important issues with us. And obviously our listener now can see how diverse is your background and your dominance of various important economic and social matters for Puerto Rico. We, we thank you for sharing all these important items with us. Can you now on a, on a personal note, as we say goodbye to our listeners, share some parting words with our, with our young listener on, on how to stay motivated, how to stay inspired, and how to continue to strive to become a professional? Sure. Uh, thank you for, for giving me that opportunity. You know, uh, I think the biggest really thing that I would tell anybody who is going to start their career or, or maybe even deciding on what to study. Pick something you really love, whatever that is, whatever that is. If, if you like cutting hair and you, that's what you like, you can be great. Are you going to be happy the rest of your life? If you like building homes like I do, if you like business, if you like law, but you know, don't ever do anything because It's where you've been pointed or where, there, or where the circumstances brought you. Make sure you love it because uh, work is work. It's always hard. Uh, my work is very hard, but I, I wouldn't do anything uh, ever. I, I love what I do, and that, that, that makes me you know, really happy. I, I, my, my other uh, suggestion, once you get into your career, uh, 
and, and, and by the way, you might not even remember this, Joel, but, but you, at a particular point in time, you helped me uh, get into a, this public uh, participation and effort. And I don't know if you recall, but I called you when I had been asked to become president of the Home Builders Association. Up to that point in my life, I, you know, I, I had never involved, uh, been involved in anything, uh, efforts with the government or uh, out in the media. And uh, we, we are and we were a very low-key company. And I was very concerned to expose myself and expose my company because you know what, how it is when you take pos uh, public positions on, on topics. Some people are going to like them and some people are not. And, and you can become targets of, of, of things that, you know, maybe you don't deserve. And I was highly, highly, highly concerned about that. And I, because you had been president of the Real Association uh, not too long before I had the chance. I, I called you and I, and I said, you know, what, I'm concerned about, about the exposure. I'm concerned uh, what has been your experience. And I remember, like it was yesterday, you said, well, you know, some doors uh, might be closed and, and some will. But I have found that much more doors open uh, than not. And the experience that you, that you gain in the way, I mean, the, the fact that you have to prepare yourself for every time you have to go to a public hearing, every time you have to go and tackle issues that maybe you have not tackled before, it just really enriches you. So, uh, so actually, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll take an opportunity to thank I you for that. that. In, in, I do in, recall the conversation. In, 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 thank you, Rafael. Thank you, Ed. Great. I'm, 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 I'm glad you do, because that, that probably was an important push for myself. And I, as you know, that uh, after that, I, I, I've been very I just, I just understand that democracies are about public opinion. And, and and sometimes you just have to expose yourself out there. If you think something is good, not just for your business, not just for you personally, but it's good for everybody in Puerto Rico. Why not defend it publicly? explain the merits of it. And when you convince the public opinion, you'll find that uh, you'll have a much easier time with politicians. And, and, and just to wrap up here, so, so you know, to new uh, business people that come in, I, I cannot say it enough, you have to get involved. You, you, I mean, we, we can complain all we want about politicians, but it, it, that doesn't solve anything. If you, you have to understand what their motives are. You have to understand a, you know, what they are about and you have to work with them. Actually, we met, uh, Joel, really quickly uh, last uh, week with uh, over 25 majors uh, from Red Party and the Blue Party to basically say, listen, we are very concerned if we don't start opening our economy and, and we, we want you to be as concerned as we are. We, we explained them why we were concerned and we left that meeting with a unanimous uh, decision from politicians of both parties and you know that's not easy especially from majors to to support our movement and they committed to be much more vocal about the importance of opening our economy so that is what you get when you were genuine when you are honest and when you expose yourselves uh, and, and be able to influence politicians in the right way uh, for the benefit of everybody who lives in the island so i i you know my 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 best advice is you need to get involved with your community, not just your business. And, and, and you'll understand that when you do good things for your community, uh, it's all going to 
bounce Those right are back great to your words, business. Rafael. I really appreciate you being so candid and so straightforward with our listeners. Please, Rafa, send my best to Hoche, Pico, Mr. Martinez, Ceci, and the entire family at VRM. You guys do a great job for Puerto Rico, and you as an individual keep doing, keep being involved, and keep being a leader in the private sector because Puerto Rico needs more Rafa Rojos. Thank you so much for being with us, Rafa. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. It's, it's been an honor, and thank you for what you're doing with the podcast. I, I, I think it's, it's going to help a lot of people. It was a pleasure thank to you, be sir. here and, and, as we and say, talk to you. Friends, we will be back soon with another amazing guest on Reboot. Stay connected, be safe, stay strong. Thank you.